Hello and welcome to DigFinVox, Voices in Digital Finance. I'm your host, James DiBiazio. If you like what we're doing at DigFinVox, please like, share, subscribe. Technology is now giving banks the tools to maintain liquidity, positions, and management on an intraday basis. This means they can have huge amounts of control over their capital, over their flows of money, and the services that they give to customers. It can also mean that if you're not able to keep up with these trends, you are at risk. And so my guest today to discuss all of this is Nadim Shamim, who is Global Head of Cash and Liquidity at SmartStream Technologies. Nadim Shamim, thank you for joining me today on DigFinVox. Great to have you. Thank you for inviting me. So we're going to talk today about some big picture stuff, uh, and then we'll drill down a little bit into the technicalities. The big picture stuff being uh, how quickly do financial institutions need to be able to see and track and, I, I guess, uh, make changes to their cash and their liquidity? Um, I think it's becoming more and more critical. As you know, uh, liquidity has been managed on an overnight basis and short-term and then long-term basis as well. Um, during the pandemic, what has become very clear is that um, institutions, even though regulators have uh, pumped a huge amount of liquidity into the system, but the banks need to know exactly where that liquidity is, in exactly which accounts they're holding those liquidity, so they can understand where could those liquidity crunch points could be. Now, it's all very well when you look at the amount of uh, liquidity that's sloshing around, you know, from per IMF, central banks have uh, been on a record bond buying spree, which is equivalent to, uh, say, approximately 0.75 GDP percent of GDP in India, just under 1% of GDP in Thailand, just under 2% in Philippines. So these are big numbers. So banks need to understand where is that liquidity? Who is using that liquidity? Is it likely to create a crunch point if one of their users of liquidity demands that liquidity at short notice? Or one of their counterparts does not um, uh, remit the funds that are due to them in time. I think one of the other things that banks are finding now is that it used to be that intraday liquidity as such was a, a regulatory tick box exercise. It's becoming more and more um, visible and, and uh, apparent to uh, the liquidity managers and the internal compliance and, and uh, control people that this is more of a vital business uh, uh, operational uh, um, task. Liquidity has always been, you know, part of of what banks pay attention to. It's you know it's the the blood flow really um, circulation. Uh, why? Why? And you mentioned COVID, but why is this now an issue for financial institutions? If we're talking about uh, daily or or intraday, uh, you know, does it does it make a difference? If you do not understand when and how your counterparts might suddenly fail, as much as you may have short-term liquidity sitting around, you are not in a good position to manage the liquidity effectively. So when you look at the operational risk, it's there. Yes, we look at the market risk, it's covered. When you look at uh, liquidity risk, it's covered. But the credit risk, 
which is something that regulators have been telling banks that under the pandemic, lend money, lend money, lend money, lend money. And guess what? At the end of the day, it does mean that yes, you've lent the money because you've got a huge amount of liquidity, but at the same time, the credit risk has increased. So that means that has a direct impact on liquidity as well. And the second part, uh, if you will, is that if you don't have a clear understanding of, as a bank, uh, of how much intraday liquidity usage you need, then regulators put on a, an add-on to the liquidity buffer. Now, with that, with, if you don't have a clear understanding and have quantitative and qualitative information to have a conversation with the regulator, that uh, liquidity buffer is quite uh, chunky. And that's expensive. This is, this is capital that banks are to Absolutely, up. absolutely. What are the types of liquidity that we're speaking of? Because in the interbank market, a lot of commercial paper or, or treasury repos, I mean, these are overnight or longer term instruments. They're still short term, but you know, it could be a couple of days, it could be you know, 24 hours, it could be a week. Um, what are the sorts of instruments? Is it only cash that you're dealing with or are there anything else that would fall under this? I think on the, there's two elements of it. One is the high, high liquid um, uh, assets as well, which are uh, in terms of what is the liquidity you've pledged at central banks, at, uh, at your uh, correspondent banks where you've got um, uh, intraday lines or overnight lines. So there is an element of that as well. And regulators want to report on that one. But I think there's a lot more focus on pure cash sitting in, around, in your accounts. Um, and if we think about you know, what is it that uh, banks do for their own customers, they have fantastic liquidity uh, capabilities that they, they've built through their transaction banking uh, arm as such. Um, in the same way, banks need to look at their own treasury as well. So short-term liquidity, intraday liquidity to see the movement of liquidity throughout the day. Because if you look at, um, in, in traditionally, you would look at, okay, I will make a, my, my liquidity position square till the end of the day. Now that could be that you leave a small amount of uh, uh, liquidity sitting in, in, in your account or go short, depending on whatever your uh, internal policies might be, or you say, I'll keep it flat. Now that could be that, you know, you've borrowed something in, in the market, you've invested in, uh, in commercial paper because you've got too much money sitting around. But what happens at two o'clock in the afternoon when you've made your liquidity decision and the funds don't come in, guess what, if your uh, expected funds don't come in, then your payments that you're making are held up. Right. And that has not only an operational risk, it has reputational risk. It also means that it could be seen in the market as you are uh, not able to meet your payment obligations, which is a worse situation you can be in. How, how often do these sort of snafus take place uh, just in a normal environment? Um, it, it's, it, it does happen a lot. You don't hear a lot about it. Mm. Um, and the reason why you don't, don't hear a lot about it is that uh, what treasurers or cash managers end up doing is they will leave a large amount of liquidity sitting in the account. Okay. So excess liquidity sits there. It's not the most optimal use of it. Um, you're leaving money on the table. Okay. So I guess the, the, the happy story here is that if banks were able to have much more command over their intraday positions, 
they could free up capital, both from a regulatory point of view, but also just from their own operational point of view. Absolutely. And that capital could be deployed either to, to, to be lent out or, or whatever it is that they need to do. Uh, yes, agreed. Have you, have you done any kind of studies to kind of look at those benefits? Um, you, you know, what, depending on the nature of the business, what are some of the, the potential, uh, you know, pluses that, that banks can to keep in mind if they're, if they're thinking about how to grapple with what might be presented to them as a problem? Yeah, so there, there's uh, several um, directions that we looked at. Um, obviously, we start off with the operational element of it in terms of saying how efficient is your process in terms of gathering data uh, and, um, and, and consolidating the information on a timely manner so that decisions can be made uh, which are uh, with, of, of, with confidence, so to speak, if you will. And uh, with that, when we've uh, spoken with some of our clients, they, this can go into redu reduction of headcount. Uh, timely information so that the liquidity is not left uh, sitting around. Um, and if we look at the, the other element um, of research that I've been looking at is, is the operation risk exchange, which you may or may not come across ORX. And they've done a huge amount of operation risk and studies, which shows there have been considerable losses prior to the pandemic. And they're only expected to increase as well. So that's one element of it. The second is um, uh, we commissioned a, a, a study evaluation through a consultant on uh, intraday liquidity stress testing as well. Um, and again, the if you look at the banks that are doing intraday liquidity stress testing, they have a process in place. They can manage that through uh, once it's been put in place, it's fairly regular reporting, uh, gathering of information. However, if they need to change a one or two parameters in those stress tests, intraday liquidity stress tests, it could uh, set them back as much as seven to eight weeks to start getting the revised reports. With that, if you think about it, during pan this current pandemic, things change so rapidly, having a lead time of eight weeks was not necessarily uh, an acceptable situation and it would it would create a large amount of losses this the second part of this uh, study was to say what would happen if you had sufficient information so you can have a conversation uh, as a treasurer you can have a conversation with your internal risk and compliance team to say um, a regular team uh, to say that um, you know we need to be able to have a conversation to reduce our liquidity uh, buffer add-on, um, and it, it was expected that um, that if you have a reduction of uh, six billion dollars uh, worth of um, uh, liquidity buffer reduction, which sound doesn't it sounds like a big number, but in reality it's not a huge number it can uh, lead to a reduction of uh, cost uh, of up to $50 million per annum. Now that's a chunky piece of reduction and, and cost that you're taking away. Gets a lot of people's attention. We're talking about operational problems and risks. What about market risks? So you know, in today's environment, there's a lot of question marks around, for example, uh, fixed income in, issued by Chinese develop, real estate developers. I'm, I would say, as, as, as the first view, I would say it is separate scenario, it's balance sheet issue, it's, it's longer term, 
you don't need to think about it. However, uh, the recent uh, news around the uh, real estate company, which had a massive amount of debt, it's about to default. If it defaults in terms of settling its commitment, where does it hit immediately? Hits the, the liquidity. So I think it cannot be separated. It, it has a direct impact on a bank's liquidity and, of course, intraday liquidity. For example, if you're expecting you know, 200 million coming in as a, as a settlement, of whether it's an interest payment or a um, uh, settlement of a, of a debt, uh, and suddenly it's not coming and you need to be able to, uh, to and you were counting on that uh, amount coming in, guess what? You need to suddenly have to, um, to fund that short yeah. position. Or to what extent... Are these capabilities already there? Yeah. So I think if, if we look at um, uh, large organizations and, uh, and, and organizations that have already put intraday liquidity on their table, they're quite advanced. They've looked at what the, uh, their requirements are. They see the benefit of it. They've been looking at automating this data gathering uh, challenge, again, operational challenge. It's, as you can imagine, and as a bank, when they sell the same solution to their corporate or uh, FI clients, the big uh, challenge is getting the data, getting the data, where is it, what type of data it is, and uh, and, and how, what how is it a timely piece of information as well to collate that report. So I think there are some banks who are in a very good position uh, looking at different solutions that are in the market to be able to get the feeds coming in from internal systems, external systems through SWIFT to clearing a, uh, clearing a settlement and, and, um, and uh, venues um, and consolidate that information on an automated basis is something that can save a lot of time. It will give the banks a, uh, a, an improved uh, uh, information and position to make those uh, decisions. So um, yes, there are some banks who are already on that journey. Others are thinking about it. And there are some who have not seen that intraday liquidity makes a massive, um, uh, massive impact on their business. But I think they are coming around to that as well. So uh, I've had conversations obviously with the GSIPs and the GSIPs are uh, either they've Built something themselves, or they talk to uh, a vendor to uh, to um, to deliver it, like ourselves. But at the same time, then there are others who are partially looking at looking at the primary currencies because that's where they 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 feel that the big value sits. Um, but they've not fully automated it. They just take it the material element of it. Others are saying, I want to get the nitty gritty detail, even down to the individual faster payments. Which I think it's 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 uh, it's a creates a huge amount of data. Not quite con confident that that's the right direction to go. But then there are other uh, banks who are looking at it, saying, "Okay, what is the cost benefit uh, analysis?" And I would say, for to those uh, organizations, it's not a matter of how much you will save in terms of automating the solution. It's how much you will save in terms of the liquidity buffer and how much you will save by saying what if you didn't what if you had that case what if you got a uh, regulatory fine on the back of not knowing where your intraday liquidity sits which is what something regulators are looking more and more uh what do they need in terms of the rest of the industry to also be ready is there a a, a 
chicken and egg issue here. So whether they're working with custodians or prime brokers or wh whoever it might be out there, do they also need these other organizations able to either integrate them from a data point of view or also even transact with them on an intraday basis? I think um, there the, are the two parts, right? If you look at the cash element, the, the, the actual cash in, in accounts and Nostra agents, I think the majority of the Nostra agents are ready uh, for that information. Custodians can also provide information on a um, on a day-to-day -day basis, right? So once a day, they provide the, the uh, valuation of the securities that they hold. I think where the, the wish is to say, I want to replicate the um, the valuation of uh, of the securities on an intraday basis, I think that is where the, the uh, market's not there yet. I think there's a lot of work being done about it, uh, and I think you will get there. However, even having a single point in the day uh, of the valuation is actually a, a huge step forward, and having it in an automated manner is yeah. is is a, a massive uh, right. forward. And I think if because think not just it, yeah, because not just getting the information and having it and, and sharing that with the right people, but if you can also create uh, intraday valuations on on securities positions or on uh, or in accounts, then you can really do a lot more more flexibly with pricing and and providing perhaps a, a little bit of a competitive edge uh, when you know vis-a-vis -vis your counterparts uh, when you're working with clients. Absolutely. And then you have to get an idea as to, you know, what is, who's the user of liquidity? Can I monetize that uh, work that I've done in terms of understanding where my liquidity is, who's using the liquidity, who's misusing the liquidity? And does that become a conversation from a pure um, cost uh, viewpoint to actually a revenue generation viewpoint? And um, obviously, the, the next step on uh, on this journey would be to say, is there a transfer pricing element as well? So you can allocate costs internally, not only to your clients, but also to internal departments. At the moment, when you uh, speak with ALM, they'll say, yes, we will charge different departments such and such rate, but there is no, um, no real dialogue from the different departments saying, well, I didn't really use that liquidity because there wasn't enough information available. Right, okay. But you can see where once you, you know, technology is always an evolution, right? And you can see yeah. where if we've gone from liquidity being, you know, T plus one or what or whatever to T plus zero to T minus zero, uh, and then also being able to put price changes on onto securities and sharing that, you know, you can see that there's it, it opens up, even though there's probably a lot of headache in terms of getting an, a big institution able to really manage this. You can kind of see that this is part of the process where they're, you know, they're going to be, be able to keep up much faster with with fintech, uh, faster payment systems, and, and all of these things that are happening around them. Absolutely, and open banking and APIs are going to be give, giving us the opportunity to start thinking in terms of how quickly the data uh, comes through. And soon, the conversation is not going to be how quickly the data is available and what the data is available. What can I do with the data? And it's already started. Can I use that data? To, and I talked, I used the word monetize, to monetize and looking back and say where the, the, the value is coming from or the, the cost is coming from, but also to say, what will my liquidity look like, not only on an intraday basis, or but also on the next few days using machine learning as such. So we've done a, a, a proof of concept where we use data to predict the actual settlement time throughout the day. So, for example, what it's two o'clock uh, in, in in Asia here, 
and I still have a large number of settlements um, that are uh, due. Do I know what time they'll settle? Will they cause, and if, if the receipts have not turned up, will they cause a liquidity crunch point? Am I going to hit the, the uh, intraday liquidity line that I have uh, and my payments will be held up? Or, heavens forbid, will any of my commitments um, be delayed more than they need to or missed? Well, Nadim, I'd like to thank you so much for coming on to Digifin Vox. It's been a real pleasure speaking with you. Thank you for inviting me. Pleasure.